My name is Geronimo Aguilar. I am the pastor of the Richmond Outreach Center in Richmond, Virginia. My story isn't a story that starts off very pretty. My own father was a hell's angel. He also was involved in a life of drug addiction, heroin addiction. Unfortunately, my dad left me when I was three years old, sat me on his motorcycle one day, as the story goes, and said, son, I love you, I love your mom, but I want to go ride with my brothers. I want to go do my own thing. My mother, she was a young mom, but she was doing the best she could raise me on her own. Unfortunately, one day when I was eight years old, someone came into our home and shot and murdered my mother right in front of me. So there I am, I, I lose my mother to a violent death. My dad left at three years old. The rest of my family was off doing their own thing, so I took to the street. By 12 years old, I was already running the streets. At 15 years old, I dropped out of high school. By the time I was 16, I joined a gang. By the time I was 17 years old, I was strung out on drugs. I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. I didn't care if I brushed my teeth, combed my hair, took a shower. The only thing I cared about was getting high. I would use heroin, PCP, crack cocaine, anything I could get my hands on to try and hide the pain, to try and take away the hurt that I felt inside of me, to try and fill that void that I had. I was just walking the streets, just thinking about ending my life. And as I was walking down the street, I looked across the street and I saw a church. I'd never been to church before. I didn't know anything about church, but I figured, you know, I've tried everything else in life. Let me go see if this church thing has an answer for me. So I walked into the church and I met the doorman there and he asked me what he could do for me. And I said, well, probably nothing, but let me tell you what I'm going through. And I told this man at the door what was on my heart. And if this church doesn't have some answer for me, I'm going to go home, grab my gun and end my life. All of a sudden, the man at the door said, would you come meet our pastor? Would you come tell him some of the things that you're going through? So I walked to the back with him, and I met his pastor. This pastor didn't look like what I thought a pastor would look like. He was kind of just a regular-looking guy, wearing jeans and a T-shirt, had tattoos, long hair, and I really didn't understand how you could be a pastor and look like that. And I started talking with this pastor and started telling him some of the things that I was going through in my life. And then this pastor started sharing with me his life story. He grew up without a father. He was involved in gangs and drugs and in and out of jail and prison his whole life. This pastor blew my mind. I just couldn't believe that somebody as successful as him had a background like mine. And then he shared with me how one day he was locked up in state prison and someone came and told him about Jesus and how Jesus would change his life and how Jesus would give him peace, joy, and happiness. Three words that I knew nothing about at 17 years old. And he shared with me how he gave his life to the Lord and his life was never the same. So I told this pastor, I said, you know, I don't understand everything about this God or this Jesus you're talking about, but whatever he did for you, I need him to do that for me. And I prayed and I received the Lord as my savior. First time anybody ever shared the gospel with me, I got saved. But that's not it. That's not where the story ends. The pastor said, Geronimo, I want to share something else with you. And then he reached into his wallet and he pulled out a picture and he showed me a picture of a three-year-old boy. And he said, Geronimo, that boy is you. You're my son. My son who I haven't seen for almost 14 years. 
it's impossible to describe how I felt at that moment. That was my father who left when I was three years old, who I haven't seen for many years. God walked me in off of the streets right into his church and he led me to Christ. And since that day, me and my father became best friends. I've never used drugs again. I've never gone back to my old lifestyle. But now I serve the Lord each and every day. And I've learned one very important thing. If you take care of God's business, he'll always take care of yours. Come on, let's give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. What you have to realize is that God has a future for you. No matter what you're going through, what you've been involved in, no matter what issues you're dealing with right now, today, no matter what's taken place in your past, no matter whether you've been in prison or out of prison, and there's a lot of people out of prison that are really truly in prison because they're still in bondage, that God has a way for you. Tell your neighbor, say, God's got a way. Come on, tell them, say, God's got a way. You know, one of the things I noticed in that video with Geraldo was, was that he, was, he had come to that place, Geronimo, excuse me, that he had come to that place that he was like, not only did God set him up, hello, he set him up to bring healing in his life, but he wasn't content with going back to where God had delivered him out of. He was continually moving forward and building for his future. So we've been talking the last few weeks about building for your future. And what are the things that you can begin to do? You know, all of a sudden you begin to start taking the materials. We know a little bit about Jesus. We know a little bit about the Father. What do we really know about the Holy Spirit? And we believe in, in the full Godhead of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit here. And, I, and, I, and so I want to invite you on Wednesday nights to, to begin to join with us to say, you know what, let's get together and let's learn a little bit more about this God that loves us so much. The Father sent Jesus, His Son, walked upon this earth. But do you know that Jesus had to go? And He said, I've got to go. And why does He have to go? Because if He didn't go, the Spirit of God would not be released in the earth. See, under the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would come on a man and he would do tremendous things. But in the New Testament, where we're at now, the Spirit of God lives within you. And that Spirit of God wants to build. That Spirit of God wants to create. That Spirit of God wants to design. That Spirit of God, he, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit wants to do those things. He wants to be your comforter in times of need. So when you begin to look at these things, we, we think about building for our future. We think about there are things greater ahead. And all of, us have, all of us have a few things in common. One of the things we do have in common is we all have a past. And there's times where a lot of us will spend more time looking back at the past instead of looking forward. Oh, come on, somebody to the future, and I'm telling you, your future is bright. There are some things ahead of you that God is setting up situations and circumstances for you to begin to walk victorious in the things of God. You got a future, everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So we, we've been talking a little bit about building some things and saying, you know, what can I do? It's not about, it's not about, it's not about working for your faith. It's about allowing God to bring you to that place to say, how can I begin to move forward where I'm at? Because some people are stuck. But some people just need to begin to move forward. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're glad you're here. Get ready to move forward. You're ready to move forward. So we've got, we've, how many of you know, we're, we're, we definitely are not a traditional church here. We definitely have got some ideas and some thoughts about how we can begin to move you forward and move you into your plan and your purpose and your destiny. Because we all have a plan and purpose and a destiny. So one of the things that we, when we first heard about this, I said, you know, we want to get involved in that. Because it's called, we're going to talk a little bit today about igniting faith in 40 days. Say that with me. Igniting faith in 40 days. You know what I believe? I believe that maybe before 40 days your faith's going to be ignited. It may be it may be a place and a time in your in your life where you can say, you know what, I need a jump start. I need a I need a jump start. My battery's running a little bit down here. Can you jump me off, brother? Can you jump me off? Well, God's gonna jump you off and and, and we're gonna be able to help you do that. See, we want to ignite your faith in 40 days. And it doesn't necessarily, we're not putting a, 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 a lid on, okay, you can't do it within 40 days. We're just getting you to a place where you can begin to jumpstart. So I want to ask you today if you'll go on a journey with us. I want to invite you to go on a journey to change the way you think, to change the way you live, that because... Our lives can be an abundant life. Virginia was, was prophesying, was declaring the word of the Lord today that, that, that we would have an abundance. How many of you might know the scripture John 10.10? 10? Anybody know that? A few of us know it. And a lot of us will talk about and quote John 10.10, 10, but we'll do the first part. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, sister. The thief just comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's just stealing and killing and destroying, and that's as far as we go. But I want you to know, this is like Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. The rest of the scripture says, not not just the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I have come to give you and life more. So I want to focus on that. So let's just say, you know, the scripture is the scripture. And the thief does come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I'm here to tell you, we serve a God that comes to give us life and comes to give it to us more abundantly. And somebody says, well, I'm waiting on the abundance. I'm waiting on the financial. Well, how about peace? I need some abundant peace in my life. Amen. How about wisdom? Anybody need some abundant wisdom in their life? Yes. Amen. How about strength? Anybody need some abundant strength, abundant power? You know, so there's more. Sometimes we just, our mind just goes, I got to have abundant finances. How many know that there is more to life than just finances? Come on, somebody. So we can begin to operate in that way. So John 10.10 says Jesus came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. Freedom and transformation come from believing a truth instead of a lie. Freedom and transformation come from believing the truth instead of a lie. Because that's how the enemy wants to talk to us. 
He wants to lie to you who you think you are. Do you think you're, you can really do this Christian stuff? Do you think you can really be nice to your neighbor? Do you think you can really make a difference in this world? Um, let me answer that for you. Yes. Yes, you can. Yes, you can make a difference. Yes, you can live this life. Can you come out of drugs and alcohol or those things that he came out of? He said, I never went back. Oh, there's such a word for some of you here today. Say, look, just don't go back. Amen. Just keep moving forward. Turn to your neighbor and say, keep moving forward. Tell him, keep moving forward. Let me give you a couple scriptures real quick. In John chapter 8, verse 32, it says, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Let me put it to you this way. Sometimes we may know the truth, but we're not walking in truth. You may know the truth, and listen, the truth that you know, the truth that you believe will set you. Well, I know the truth. The truth is God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. When I look at this scripture, you know what I see? I see that truth leads to freedom. Truth leads to freedom. Come on, help me. Truth leads to, well, I want to be free. I want to be free. I want to be free. You got to get the truth. Truth, the whole truth. <laughs> Nothing but the truth. The quality of our lives and the advancement of God's kingdom truly depend on renewing the spirit of our minds. I've got to have a mind that's renewed to the knowledge that God is a good God. And he's good all the time. He's not wanting to bring hurt and pain and destruction in my life. He's wanting to give me life and to give it to me more abundantly. Come on, everybody. More abundantly. See, when I... When I understand that truth, then I can begin to walk out of the bondage of the enemy and begin to walk in to what God has for me. So he wants us to be understanding that we need to renew the spirit of our minds. Let me give you, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to begin to look at this. Because the quality of our life is going to depend on you getting your mind renewed to the things of God. Not renewed to the science or not renewed to the psychologists or not but renewed to the things of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. So Ephesians 4.22. Paul says in that in reference to your former manner of life. Remember we talked a little bit about past. To the manner of your former way of life. You lay aside the old self. Everybody. Old self which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit in verse 23, and that you be renewed, how? In the spirit of your mind. You know, anybody ever heard the saying, mind over matter, if you don't mind, it doesn't matter? My word's for peace. My word is peace, and I'm working on peace. So I'm working on renewing my mind. I'm working on renewing my spirit to where I can have peace, not in just a few situations, but every situation. So you need to be renewed 
in the spirit of your mind. Let's look at verse 24. And verse 24 goes on and it says, To put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness and truth. Say new self. See, we got to put on our new self. What's our new self? Our new self is being created in the image and the likeness of God. And you know what? God is a loving God, so we can love others. God is love. Love that is God. God is love. Well, I don't know, man. They really did. They really hurt me. We dealt with some issues on Wednesday nights on some forgiveness issues. And, and, and I stood in the place of a father and I began to start looking at that video and I thought about it took me back to Wednesday night. And I'm telling you, we took responsibility for some of those things and released the love of God. And there were chains that were broken off. There were weights that were removed. There were burdens that were destroyed. Those things took place on Wednesday night. And we want them to take place in your life continually. Because there's always some times where unless we are a renewed in the spirit of our mind, that we not need to walk in the new self and not the old self, the old person, the old guy. Come on. The old dude. Just get rid of the old dude, man. There's no reason for him to be hanging out, right? We've got to understand. But if we don't believe that we can walk in the newness of life, we won't. If the only thing that we believe is the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, we'll never operate in the other part of John 10.10 where Jesus said, I've come to give you and to give it to you. You look at that Greek word abundant. It literally means abundant quantity and abundant quality. So sometimes you just got to go, you know, everybody ever gone through the restaurant and, and the, the little, the, you know, the speaker deal at one of the, the McDonald's or whatever, Brahms or whatever, Arby's, I'm just trying to be all inclusive. And what do they do? Would you like to supersize that? What about if you heard the Holy Spirit say, you want to supersize that? I'm in, baby. How about you? I'm in, yeah. Give me some abundant quantity and abundant quality. Can I get an amen? Come on. Somebody ought to shout to the Lord for that one. I mean, maybe we ought to just set up a speaker when you come in. You're like, hey, how you doing? Would you like to supersize that? Yes. Give me the abundant quantity and the abundant quality. Amen. This, this putting on your new self in the likeness of God and be created in the righteousness and the holiness of truth Reminds me of Romans 12, too. It's but being renewed. Don't be conformed to the things of this world, but but what? Transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. So if you got a handout, did you guys, you guys got this handout today that says, let's look at this just a moment. We're ready to get something jump started. I'm ready to build something. I'm ready to move in place. I've got the materials together. Pastor, I think I'm ready to move forward. We want you to pray and be led by God. But I also want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to be able to join us. And the question that I'm going to ask you today is, will you join us for this? I'm going to share a little bit about talking about if... mm, Let me think about the scripture. Romans 10, 17 
says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So if faith comes by hearing, then maybe I need to hear myself speak the word or hear myself read the word. Hey, I've got a little deal on my phone. It'll even play the scriptures. Uh, uh, on a Monday, I was not, I was under the weather and I ended up all day on the couch and all I did was was lay my phone there and listen to scripture because I just felt so bad I couldn't read. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You just, you know, like, man, I can't even read. Or, and, and I just begin to listen to that. And we want to be able to help you. And, and what we've tried to do is, is join with some others and say, how can we ignite your faith in 40 days? We are, want you to join with us on a 40-day negativity fast. <laughs> Oh, man, it's so hard. My wife and I are just trying to do this. Some of this now, we're like, oh, we can't be so negative. Oh, why are we so negative? And okay, let's not do it. So let me, let me kind of give you some ideas because with this negativity fast, we're also asking you to spend 40 days with us in a positivity feast. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look marvelous today. <laughs> let's try. Let's start it. Come on. Tell them. Come on. Come on. They really do look marvelous today. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you're just fast in the negativity, you know. And so let's take a look at some things real quickly. What a negative negativity fast is not, because we've got our preconceived ideas. What a negativity fast is not. One, a negativity fast is not denying the problem exists. In other words, you know, hey, you know what? I, I, uh, <laughs> Wayne fractured his, his arm. Wayne has a fracture in his arm. And I told him today, I said, look, he did it skiing. And how many of you know he's got to cut the X Games stuff out? I'm telling him, coming off the rocks and the cliffs and dropping in from a helicopter, you just got to cut that stuff out. Okay, all, this, all, the, all the fun. So... You know, it's not it, what a negativity fast is not. It's not denying you got a broken arm. It's not saying, oh, my arm isn't broken. <laughs> okay, pick this up. Oh, I can't. Why not? Well, I'm on a negativity fast. I just can't say my arm is broken. No, we're not talking about that. We're, it's not. It's not about, it's not denying that the problem exists. In fact, it is knowing that that problem exists. We're going to talk a little bit about some things through this fast. Another thing is it's not stuffing when things go wrong. Anybody ever had a turkey for Thanksgiving time? You take the stuff out of the cavity of the turkey, you know, the gizzards, the heart, the mm, all that good stuff. <laughs> and what do you put in that? Yeah, you put some stuffing in there, right? Yeah. And it kind of cooks in there. We're not, tell, we're not telling you to when things are wrong, you just stuff it in there. And there's a, lot of t there's a lot of people that do this. When there's issues in their life, they're in denial, they're there, then they stuff it. And I'm telling you what ends up happening is that comes out someday. And usually when it comes out, it explodes the turkey. It blows it up. Okay. So it's not denying that problems exist. It's not stuffing things that are wrong. It's not being critical of others that may be struggling. Okay? It's also not being irresponsible concerning the things that need to be done. It's like, okay, I know I need to do this, but I'm not going to do this. 
I know there really isn't an issue. There is an issue there, but I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let that issue rule me. Okay. So that's what some things of the negativity fast is not. Let me give you some things that the negative negativity fast is. This is what we're looking at trying to do for 40 days. Will you join us for 40 days to do this? I know it's going to be difficult at times. I know it's going to be challenging at times. But let's take it lightheartedly to say, hey, you know what? I'm still working. I'm still in a process, right? I'm still building something. What a negativity fast is, this is one, number one, it is determining to focus more on God's promises than on the problem. How many of you know God's bigger than your problem? God's bigger than your neighbor. God's bigger than your brother. God's bigger than your sister. God's bigger than all these different things that God has got away, and he's bigger than those things. And sometimes we just look at the problem, look at the problem, look at the problem, look at the problem, and that's all we see the problem. But the negativity fast, it's determining to focus on God's promises. Say promises. It's his promises. Beginning to look at his promises. And he's promised for us to have life and to have it more abundantly than on the, than, than on the problems. I, I, the problems exist. The problem's there. But let's put it in the proper perspective and know that God is bigger than your problem. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's bigger. Tell him, say, God's bigger. God is bigger. Go ahead, tell your neighbor, say, look, I want you to know God is bigger than that issue you're dealing with. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Number two, number two, it is learning to speak with hope about even the toughest of issues. And this is personally, and I'm very transparent with you, these are some of the things that we personally can look at and go, there's an issue, and I don't see any way that this is going to work out. And that's wrong. Lord, we're going to fast that. We're going to know that God is bigger than the problems we're dealing with. We're going to begin to speak hope. Everybody say hope. Anybody have the one word that's got hope? Anybody has, is hope there one word? There's one, a couple, okay, good. There's your word today. Learning to speak hope about even the toughest issues. The third thing, number three, would be it's a beginning. It is becoming solution-focused instead of problem-focused. Say God's got a way. Do, do you really believe that? And, and there are times where we might say, you know what? I'm transparent. And there's times where I'm like, God's got a way. Does he really? Is he sure? I can't see it. I don't know. The situation's getting worse. And we're going to fast that stuff. And we're going to say, guess what? God's got a way. Well, it may look difficult. Don't you know it looks difficult, Pastor Linda? And Pastor Linda will go, it may be difficult, but God deals with difficult situations. Going to be focused more on the solution instead of the problem. Let's, let's, let's see about the solution. How do we come up with the solution? What's the solution for this? What is that? You know, there was a, it was a college professor in mathematics that challenged his students. And he said, I've got three different equations. And he wrote them on the board. And he said, these are these three equations that I want you to see if you can come and figure out. 
Two weeks later, you know, the kids, they, they went to work on it. They're working on that. And there was one student in particular. He was just like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure I'm going to figure it out and figure it out. Well, guess what? They came back. The professor put those three questions on there. And he said, anybody figure out number one? Nobody. How about number two? Anybody figure out number two? He said, no. How about number three? Anybody figure out number three? And this one kid put his hand up. And the professor looked at him and said, you have an answer for number three? And the kid said, yes. They broke down it, broke it down, and guess what? He answered the question, but did you know that the professor put three questions on the board that were unanswerable, that Einstein couldn't answer? But this one guy refused to look at the problem more than the solution and he found a solution and even came up with an answer to a problem that Einstein himself couldn't even figure out. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. He's got a way. He's got a way. So let, there's a solution. There's a solution to everything. Let's take a look at the next one. The next one, it says, it is refraining from reacting and giving voice to pessimism, criticism of others, self-criticism, and all other forms of unbelief. Wow. <laughs> Are y'all, will you go on this journey with me? <laughs> I need some people in the boat with me. Come on, let's do this thing together. And let's say, look, can we do this? We can, because there's some pessimists. I'm going to share a personal story. My mother, my mother, bless her heart. She's gone home to be with Jesus. My wife actually led her to the Lord. She was negative. She's, you know the person that you can give a million dollars to? Well, maybe I, I haven't found that one yet, but if y'all want to give a million, we, <laughs> would you give a million dollars to? And they would say, you know, I don't want it in hundreds. I want it in twenties. You know, it's like, man, my mother was that way. She was very pessimistic. She had lived a very difficult, hard life, and, and it was very noticeable. So we have to, I have to deal some of that, deal with those generational things coming down, and I have to really... I really have to push those down so I can begin to push what God says about me and not what others say about me. Can I get an amen? So the criticism of yourself, criticism of yourself can be big. Criticism of others can be big. Remember our thumper theology? If you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. Yeah, I remember it's been many years ago. I even used a little video clip for thumper. <laughs> But we got to refrain from reacting and giving voice to the pessimism, to the criticism. They should have done it this way. Could have done it that way. I don't know why they didn't do it this way. They should have done this way. I don't know why he said this. Or why did she say that? And all those different things. Those are really forms of unbelief. We want the truth today, don't we? Okay. Let me give you another one. Number five, it's speaking about problems to the right people in the right way. It is speaking about problems to the right people in the right way. How many of you know my mom had a my mom had a saying that was misery loves company. And you can get some people and you can start talking negative and then all of a sudden there's three of you talking negative and then there's six of you talking negative and you're just having a negativity feast. We're going to stop that. Can I get an amen? We're going to say, "You know what? I'm going to begin to have a positivity feast and I'm going to fast." On negativity and number six number six what it is it is replacing here it is negative words and thoughts 
with positive words and thoughts. How? Based on the promises of God. And I want to encourage you to stay in the New Testament. If you're a new believer, new 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 believer, or, or you or you you've not read the Bible much or anything like that, stay into the New Testament. You're going to find some positive words and some positive thoughts and some things right there, because everything in the Old Testament was pointing to the New Testament because of what Jesus came to do. Can I get an amen? See, it's really critical. In fact, it's crucial that if this is going to be successful, that we've got to stop thinking and stop speaking unbelief and doubt. Negativity. It can continue to grow or we can say, you know what? I'm going to begin to start thinking positive thoughts. God has something good for me. Something good. Oh, come on. Come on. Say this. God has something good for me. Something good's going to happen today. God's setting up situations and circumstances for me, just for me, to be successful today. See how we can begin to start shifting those things. And you know what? We can begin to look at the promises of God. I'm telling you, speak hope, speak faith. If you've got, a, if you've got something to write with, I want you to write this down. I think I had the definition of hope, Mike. Will you go back? I want to give them the definition of hope. Write, the, write this down, if you will. <clears throat> hope is, and I'll leave it up there so you have enough time to write it down. Put it on your phone, whatever you need to do, on your iPad or whatever. It's a confident, optimistic expectation that good is coming based on God's promises and the revelation of His goodness. Wow. Wow. That's what hope is. The Bible says that hope is an anchor for your soul. Anybody ever had a boat? Boat? Navy people? Boat people? Boat people? <laughs> you can't... You can't say boat people in Cuba. Doesn't work. Listen, if 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 you have to have that anchor to stop you from drifting. You have to have that anchor when we we even on our sea dudes we pull them up, we'll throw the anchor out just in case the waves and the winds Oh, come on. This is God speaking to somebody today. There may be waves and winds in your life. And without the anchor, you have no hope. You begin to drift and you get off course and sometimes find yourself in a place you really don't want to be. So that's hope. It's confident, optimistic expectation that good is coming. Good is coming to you today. Oh, man. Good is coming to you today. And what's it based on? It's based on God's promises. Say God's promises. Okay, so let's take a look at this. We want to be able to have the negative must replace, be replaced by the positive. The positive is going to displace the negative. How many of you know there's a, there's a I think he's a secular uh, writer, but um, um, Covey, Stephen Covey. He, he wrote this book, 21, 21 Habits of Highly Effective, 7 Habits of Highly Effective People. And he says it takes 21 days to create a habit six months to really own it. 
In other words, when Shelly comes in and she's moved the trash can and she's put it on the other side of the kitchen, I go to the trash can and go, ooh. Sometimes I even throw it on the ground and go, why would you move that trash can? It may take me 21 days to form that habit and then six months for it to be motor muscle, that it's just going to begin to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If we can begin to program, we will Will you join me on this? We will program our motor muscle to all of a sudden we're going to be positive and we're going to be bring, begin to bring peace in situations. We're going to begin to bring hope in situations. And somebody can look at it and we can offset that negativity. We can displace it with positivity. So here's the plan of action. Will you join me today? Let's go to the, to the last slide, if you will. Every day what I want to do is we're going to send you out a scripture that you can read. We can do this by email. We'll do it on Facebook. What you're saying, Pastor, is you're going to commit for 40 days to send me something? Yes. Yes. For 40 days. And according to your handout, it's going to begin on Wednesday the 18th. And it's going to go through March 29th, which is actually Palm Sunday. Here's what we'll do. We'll begin to send you out something. Here's what it may look like. There's a scripture for you to be able to look up. Can you look up other scriptures? Well, I've been reading in, 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 in Joshua. Well, read in Joshua. I'm not, you, can, you can do that. You can do both, right? You're ambidextrous. It says, and then there's some declarations because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Faith comes by hearing the word, and then we want you to, we want you to declare it. So in other words, say this after me. I am who the Bible says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I possess the promises of God. Now, sometimes you may have to say that over and over and over and over and over. But guess what gets in you? Guess what gets in you? It gets in you, it gets in you, it gets in you, it gets in you, it gets in you. And then when you get squeezed, what comes out of you? I have what the Bible says I can have. I can possess what the Bible says I can possess. I have the promises of God in my life. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above all and not belief. I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. I may not have anything right now, but I'm going to live in the abundant life that God has for me because my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a mighty shout of praise in this place. Do you see what I'm getting at? And it's like, well, well, you're just trying to hype somebody up. You're just trying to get us all feeling good. Hmm, yeah. Now, if you want the other, then this is not for you. I mean, you can choose to feel good or not choose to feel good. I'm going to choose to feel good. Would you guys join us? Will you join us? Will you stand on your feet today? I'm not going to ask you to sign up or, or anything like that or give us your firstborn or anything like that. So you don't have to worry about anything like that. But we want you to know that there is an opportunity for you to be able to say, I got some issues that I want to deal with. And how many of you know God has a way? And I don't know what situation you're up against today. I don't know what circumstance you're up against today. I don't know what things you're having to deal with, but God has a solution for every problem. God has a solution for every problem. And sometimes it, we want it to be like a wave a wand and make it go away, and that isn't always the truth, is it? There are some things, I heard it recently, you got to go through it to get to it. 
You may have to go through it, but listen, you'll get to it. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not a train. It's Jesus. Close your eyes just a moment. We're going to launch this on Wednesday, the 18th. And if we have your email, we're just going to send it to you. And we're just going to ask you to begin to join us. We're going to fast from negativity. But we're going to feast on positivity. So through this time of change and transformation, I just want to, I just want to pray for you. Why don't you put your hand on the person next to you and just tell them, say, Lord, they need your help. Go ahead. Tell them, say, Lord, they just need your help. They, they need your help to be positive. Say, Lord, help them be positive. Help them be positive. Ask the Lord just to bless them. Okay. Okay, now, now put your hand on yourself. Because guess what? You really need the help. Father, best bless my brothers and sisters. And as even as we begin to change our words, we change our thoughts, it changes attitudes. It changes from being hopeless to having hope. It changes from being faithless to having faith. It changes from being weak to becoming strong. I pray for my brothers and sisters that, that are going to join us in this. And even those that may say, I don't know, I may join in later. But God, that you will let them know that words of negativity will not be the words of the season. But you'll begin to speak life into dry places. You'll speak to those dead bones like in Ezekiel, dry bones, and they'll come to life. Jesus, you said that you've come to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. So I pray for my brothers and sisters today. I ask you to help them. I ask you to strengthen them. I thank you, Lord God, that we know a little bit about what we, what the fast is not, but we also know what it is about. And we begin to speak hope in every situation. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Real quickly before you dismiss, today we have people that will pray for you. If you don't know Christ and you want to be introduced to Him, we want to pray for you. If Maybe you might want to say, you know what, I want, to, I want to know Him as my Lord and Savior. We want to pray for you. If you've got issues and situations in your life, let us pray for you. Listen, God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Go forth in the Lord. Don't just try to get rid of all the negativity today, all right? <laughs> Don't just try to jump it. Leave it here. Don't just try to dump it as you go. Begin to help us help us come together and speak things, words of encouragement to each other. God bless you. Have a great afternoon in the Lord. Go forth in His power and His might. God bless you.